Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, secrets don't make friends. We welcome back Jessica Zucker to talk about her new book, I Had a Miscarriage, a Memoir and Movement. Plus, Biz doesn't have the answers. Woo! 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 My family has pinworms. Ah. Um, I didn't know this was a thing, and now I do. I'm sure it came from my four-year-old who scratches himself and picks his nose all the time. We are about to take our second dose uh, after two weeks, and I guess this is also kind of a PSA, like, folks, if you got an itchy butt, check into pinworms, maybe you have them, get rid of those things. Not doing great. Doing better than I was two weeks ago, but yeah, so that's my check-in, PSA, etc. You are doing a great job. Thanks for the show. Bye. Ah. Oh. I love a good woo followed by pinworms. Jesus Christ, I'm so sorry. Uh, But look what you learned. You learned a new thing. And absolutely, you got this from your four-year-old. There's no, this is, this is something that's just perfect to blame on a four-year-old. Let's all remember, there have been parasites in this house. And (laughs) that we just weren't aware of for a really long time. Yeah, there's like a whole list of things that none of us, I was, I would say there should be a book about all the weird diseases you can get once a child enters into your house. But none of us really want to look that up. None of us really want to read that before welcoming a kid into our house. So let's scratch that idea and instead uh, just do like all parents before us and discover the horrors of the human body every time we get something new. That's exciting. That's exciting. Well, look here, you actually are doing a remarkable job. You took care of it. You're treating it. You're taking what you need to take for it. That's a lot. So good job doing that. And as always, thank you for sharing. This is your place to come to share things like that. (laughs) So everybody make a note of the pinworms. You are doing a wonderful job, especially when it comes to helping others. So thank you. Thank you for your PSA. Speaking of people helping others, da-da-da-da! Thank you time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like there should be a song like they sing at Chili's or something, but it's like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll work on that. Thank you. Every single person in the health care facilities. That's all of you. That's everyone from the doctors to the nurses to the RNs. People are working double, triple shifts still. Thank you to the people who are giving out the vaccine shots. Thank you to the people who are trained and know how to work with ventilators. Thank you to oxygen suppliers. Thank you to the people who are taking the vaccines from where they are made and getting them safely to where they need to be distributed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all those who are going out and getting vaccinated. Good job. That's amazing. Thank you. When you do it, more will do it. This is great. Thank you to everybody who works to make sure that the medical facilities we need to go into are kept so clean, but it's not just medical facilities. It's apartment buildings, condos, schools, shopping centers, grocery stores. There are so many different places where people are stepping up to keep everybody safe. Thank you so much. Thank you, teachers. Oh God, I love you. I love you, teachers. you so much. You've had a real hard year and you just need to know how much 
We fucking love you. We love you. Thank you to the Postal Service and to the people making vaccines and the people who are actually out there getting the food that then gets like packaged and shipped to the grocery store. I am talking about farmers. I am talking about uh, ranchers. I am talking about the people who are out there picking fruit. Thank you. And thank you. Everybody, you're doing amazing. Here's where I am. I I texted Teresa maybe two days ago. It may have even been just last night. And I, I said this, I don't want to answer another where is question again in my life. I don't. Mama, where is? I don't know. I don't. Like, I'm so, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But where is? I don't know. I can't find it. Have you seen? I don't know. No, I haven't. I mean, it always makes me feel like maybe, maybe I have failed somehow in raising my children. Because <laughs> I'm like, you know, the house hasn't changed in the, you know, 10 years we've been living in it. It's probably wherever it was the last time. And better yet, this isn't like a scene out of Indiana Jones where if you go looking for the rubber bands, your life might be in danger. Just go look at drawers and stuff. I can't answer another question. It sends me right away to a place of pure rage. So that's nice. And really, in no way ties into what we're going to talk about today. So I'm not even going to try and make it <laughs> do so. Guys, we are going to be welcoming back Jessica Zucker this week to talk about her new book, I Had a Miscarriage, a Memoir, and Movement. So obviously, if you feel that this week's topic that we will be talking about with our guest is not something that you are ready to listen to, that is okay. You can go ahead and skip forward the time to skip forward to will be in the show notes so you can rejoin us with Teresa for Genius and Fails. You're doing a good job. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, we welcome back Jessica Zucker who's a Los Angeles-based psychologist specializing in reproductive and maternal mental health. Jessica's writing has been featured in the New York Times, the Washington Post, New York Magazine, The Guardian, NBC, Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, Glamour, Marie Claire, among others. Dr. Zucker is the creator of the hashtag I Had a Miscarriage campaign. Her first book, I Had a Miscarriage, a memoir, a movement, is available starting March 9th, and it's being put out by Feminist Press and Penguin Random House Audio. You may also remember Jessica from such One Bad Mother episodes as One Bad Mother episode 116 and 126, and here we are back at 394. Welcome back, Jessica. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so (laughs) glad to be here. It is so... Nice to have you back uh, because there's just, you know, if you're sorry, that's a joke. That's not funny. So I'm not going to do it. Instead, I want to hear it. I'm going to beg to hear it. Oh, no. If there's anyone I want to talk about miscarriage with, it's you. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. When people say that miscarriage is my brand, I swear, I want to like fall over. It's ridiculous. I know. I know. This is what I'm known for now. It's really kind of weird. weird. Yeah. Before we get in to the new book and what led to it, I want to ask you what we always ask, and it's fun to ask somebody we've asked before, who lives in your house now? Oh, I don't remember this question. Yeah, we always ask. What do you mean? Who do I live with? Yeah, who's in there? Ghosts, people, animals, whatever. I mean, 
ghosts would be fun, actually. Yeah, yeah, right now we kind of need something to liven things up. <laughs> I live with my husband and my 12-year-old son and my seven-year-old daughter and so many stuffed animals that yep. they probably could count as like another yep. person. Yeah. They do become sentient when they <laughs> when they become like more than 30. When there's like more I than mean, 30, they're like. She just had me buy her another one yep. yesterday. I don't know how I get talked into this. I think it's like some guilt because of how much I've been pouring into the book that I'm like, sure, let's just get oh, yeah. something that you'll be excited about. I have sworn off stuffed animals so many times <laughs> only to immediately purchase another stuffed That's animal the thing good mothering you yeah, know sure <laughs> not not sticking to the limits that's I right know. it's good until i take them and throw them away exactly. and crush their little hearts oh, <laughs> i'm not do gonna it. do that i'm not gonna do that we'll see that's changed those are much older kids than the last time we you talked. You know it. You know it. 12. That's <laughs> good. Whoa. Wow. That's a whole other podcast. Let's just make noises and move on. He's getting, <laughs> he's, he, yeah, I won't even. Yeah. I know. We can't. <laughs> I can't. It's cute when they're little and we talk about them. And then when they get older, it's like, oh, that's weird. We shouldn't do that. Definitely. All right. Miscarriages. We have discussed them on the show. Teresa has shared her experience and you have joined us for many discussions. And I think what we can safely say is that historically, miscarriages have been very taboo to talk about. Some people don't even want to share that they're pregnant. Like there's this whole concept of I'm not even gonna tell somebody I'm pregnant until they're past the three month mark. Mm-hmm. And both of these things is part of the reason that miscarriages can make someone feel so alone, so isolated, so unsupported, and worse. You became involved in what I would call, I don't know, the miscarriage work? What would you like? Like your, this <laughs> mission to make it not be like this thing to that no one ever talks? This, this antiquated culture. Come on, people. I know. Right. So this, but it was like, I guess in 2014, you wrote a piece for the New York Times. We had you on shortly after. Yes. So talk to us about, for anybody who isn't familiar with your work, talk to us about where this began for you. Sure. Okay. So going like a decade back or more now, actually, So I'm a psychologist. I've specialized in women's reproductive and maternal mental health for some time. And and when I decided to go into this field, it was really theoretically based. Like this is just a passion of mine. I have a background in public health. I worked internationally in women's reproductive rights. And when I pursued my PhD, I wanted to somehow marry all of my interests. And so that's what I did here in my clinical practice. It was theoretical until it wasn't. Theoretical. Yeah. Like it was just like, I had read every book. I knew the statistics. I heard things, but nothing, none of the issues had touched my physical body. I mean, Uh, I'm a a woman in the world. So I understood, you know, body image related issues and the objectification of women, things like that. But I had not gone through something that my patients were talking so much about. So my first pregnancy, you probably remember this, but my first pregnancy was totally smooth and uneventful. And so it's not to say that in any way I thought I was immune to a loss, but I think it did make my loss all the more confusing and confounding when 16 weeks into my second pregnancy, the baby emerged while I was home by myself. So ridiculous i just want to stop yeah because right just i again because there is a history of not talking about the experience it's very easy to have a narrative of what a miscarriage is and that narrative until you have a miscarriage can be like there's only one way Right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. there's one experience. Yes. That's not true. Like that's. No, that's right. Yeah. I mean, it's what's true, statistically speaking, research, you know, driven is like, okay, a majority of miscarriages do 
typically take place within the first trimester. Mm -hmm. So about 80%. So that is before the 12 week mark. So this whole concept that you mentioned earlier about, you know, being out of the woods after being 12 weeks, when you, you know, have a loss after that, it's that much more surprising. And then the way mine happened sort of in the context of my home, more typical, I mean, in my office, in my work, I have not heard a story like this. Yeah. More often than not, people either start to spot. And so the bleeding kind of gives them a, you know, an indication that things aren't necessarily going well, or they go in for a routine checkup and there's no heartbeat. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I had to return to work and essentially tell my patients who were here to talk to me about these very issues that I had just gone through this very thing. Yeah, with no time to process for your, because because again, as with most things maternal, there is no time for processing Mm -hmm. because, you know, oh, you had a baby, keep going, get up, go. Get your body back. Get your body, whatever the fuck that means. I know, I I hate that. Literally the expectation of Get up and go injury related you know injuries related to birth uh, just uh, that's just what to expect exactly right like and with miscarriage which is a real true loss to like this assumption that women are just supposed to be like all right (laughs) yeah back to the office back to the office right now but like meanwhile my milk came in oh god I was I was bleeding for weeks. Yeah. I my hormones Your were hormones. As, as if I had just had a baby because I yeah. kind of did. And yeah, it was the most wild ride. I mean, I, I've never I, I just I, I, I still I mean, the truth is, I just recently narrated my book and even reading my book aloud and really kind of having to connect with that time period and the details was shocking again again and again and again and again right it just like and i'm not it's not to say i mean this was already eight years ago so i don't it's not like i think about my loss on a daily basis i mean i think about loss on a daily basis in general because this is what my work is but right these things live with us. They live inside of us. They happen within our bodies. And there's just no way to unknow trauma sometimes, you know? Again, I don't think historically we've considered it trauma. Mm. We've considered it, and I mean we, like society, like it's yeah. a woman's it's a woman's thing. Yep. And apparently we don't have trauma. And so <laughs> I would imagine the process, like, because what happened was you you decided you were going to be a voice for others. And long before the book, you were still reliving this moment. That's publicly, true. You know, That's true. and that is, you know, as a trauma survivor myself, it can be a mm. pick, 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 pick. And that can come out in all kind of horrible, weird, surprising ways. Yeah. But it was also a real gift it to is. others. So yes. sorry. Thank you for yeah. doing that. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, it's a good point. I mean, there is this kind of way in which, you know, deciding to kind of like use my story and myself to convey certain messages and to kind of beg women around the world to question the antiquated silence to, yeah. you know, can we collectively change the zeitgeist once and for all to include miscarriage as a normative outcome of pregnancy. Like it was worth it. I was like, I will use myself and my story because I want so badly in my lifetime or for my, for the next generation, for my children, your children, everybody to no longer have this be a conversation that exists on the outskirts. It's enough, enough with this. Yeah. No. It's one of a million things we're not supposed to talk about, especially when it comes to our body. I would like to talk about the book because I think there is, and you just said this, there's something about the experience of having to revisit 
work that you've been doing. I mean, look, you did the hashtag. You did the greeting cards, right? Like, And greeting cards is definitely the wrong word, but I, <laughs> I don't know. No, like, that's, I mean, they're, they're cards for loss. Yeah. Yeah, they're cards for loss specifically yeah. geared towards miscarriage, which I yep. just loved because. Thank you. Talk about things where we don't know what to say, when to say That's it, right. how to say it. And we're all, as human beings, pretty great at sticking our foot right in it. Yes. All you the know time. It. That's <laughs> just, right. Just, so these oh, do it for you. You know, they say right. the right thing. Especially yeah. when it comes to women's bodies. <laughs> I got a whole book of things not to say. But surely. Right. But I. Yeah. Was there even really a break between that work and the memoir or did mm. it just go kind of full very naturally into it and then suddenly you're like oh my god this is what I've been doing the last <laughs> I know it's, it's like <laughs> I mean, what I know I I yeah I, I wonder how long I'll I'll be in this space <laughs> Well, can you, does it keep you in that space? I have to ask you that too. Right. Does it keep you in that space? And is there any desire to move past that space? So right. that's, two that's a, a totally different questions. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, so I'll go back and just say, you know, so after my loss, which included, like I said, you know, the baby emerging while I was home by myself, I had to cut the umbilical cord myself. I began to hemorrhage. My husband got home. I needed to take the baby in a bag to my doctor's office. And then I had to have an unmedicated DNC. So like, again, it's, it, the trauma was so ongoing. Much trauma. It was just ongoing. Right. Yeah. And then I didn't stop bleeding for a long time. I mean, it just was. So my OBGYN, who's a dear friend who I credit with sort of saving my life in that situation because she was so available to me by phone right away. She suggested that we wait three cycles if we wanted to try again. And because of our ages and stages in life, it kind of felt like it's now or never, even yeah. though I could have used years to grieve and to kind of give my body a break and my mind especially. But on the fourth cycle, I got pregnant. Suffice it to say that this subsequent pregnancy was... I mean, there are no words to capture the level of anxiety I lived with for those months. None. I mean, every day, every hour, when I went to the bathroom, checking for blood, checking for blood, you know, just endless. Yeah. Okay. So my point in sharing, though, that part is not only because I think that we have to change the conversation around miscarriage because of how many women go through it, but then also how many women go on to get pregnant again and the fear that they often live with. That's very important. But also to say that, you know, you're saying this has become my life's work. Well, I didn't really dig into this until I was officially on the other side of pregnancy. So yeah. my daughter was born, my healthy daughter. I took some deep breaths. There was still trauma left in there. And, you know, that's in the book. But that's when I felt like, all right, I want to be part of massive change in our society. And so that I've been writing ever since. So to your question about, you know, did I pause? No, I've, I've kind of been steamrolling ahead ever since because I like to take on the nitty gritty topics that we don't talk enough about within the life after loss. So like, what about returning to sex after loss? Can grief and pleasure coexist? You know, I wrote a piece about masturbation after loss and interviewed 14 women about sort of what was it like to return to that site to like, you know, allow yourself to have pleasure or not following a pregnancy loss, all of these kinds of things. So this eventually led to the book because it was sort of like, you know what, I've written loads of pieces. Mm -hmm. I should probably, you know, put this all together in one place. And God, we could derail a hundred ways on this because I mean, I think there's, there's so much just right there for women who've suffered pregnancy loss as well as having successful pregnancies. Both of those things for many of us 
play into a separation from our own bodies. Right. Right? Like we become other mother, <laughs> like a, a life creator or, totally. or um, your body becomes a place where you have suffered loss. And both things mean it's easy to get very disconnected and mm -hmm. see our bodies all yes. kinds of twisted ways. Yes. And then to imagine coming back to our bodies. Exactly. But again, who cares? You're a woman. <laughs> You're just a woman. You're just Who a cares? woman. Who You're cares? just a mother. Aren't you happy now that You're you You're just got... creating the next generation, but I you know. go back to blah, your... Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. I just, but I mean, every, everything I think that, like, the biggies, that I think women might find themselves in your, you know, care for, yes. yeah. are all things that we are told not to talk about. Yes. Miscarriage, sex, rape, assault, you know, masturbation. Yep. Post. Postpartum depression. Postpartum depression. Body image, <laughs> eating disorders. All of it. But yes. Yep. Keep it a secret. Right. You're supposed to be so, you know, you're supposed to be glowing. Yeah. Glowing and loving or, motherhood. Or gross. I don't want to hear that. You're going to make me feel bad. But I... <laughs> Right. But I think that's part of it, actually. I think there is a guilt of not wanting to share good or bad news when it comes to pregnancy, because, again, it goes back to that sticking your foot in it. Yes. And it's hard to know how to support somebody who mm. has gone through a loss especially but why 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 well, i know why because we're not supposed to talk about it that's okay, why but yeah. who made these rules and no, are we allowed just to kidding. offend them <laughs> i know i mean this is like this age-old patriarchal bullshit that we well, know grown. so well i think for me if i was gonna say if you let's say you're asking me that question and you probably are i would say that you know through some sort of twisted sense of doing the right thing or wanting to do the right thing, I would hate to bring up or trigger mm. traumatic responses to your loss by talking about a successful pregnancy. Oh, right? well, that's different. And I yes. think that because women tend to be the ones who are talking to each other during pregnancies or while trying to get pregnant. That yeah. is really layered with lots true. of things to try and navigate. Now, we as a society, yes, we should be out supporting each other. There should be no three-month rule. I mean, I remember Teresa and I had our conversation and saying, you know, it's up to everybody what they want to do. But if you're, I don't know. I wanted to tell people right away because if something happened, that's right. I wanted support right away. The three month rule, yeah, is completely counterproductive and actually destructive because what it says is look, you might lose this pregnancy because the majority of losses happen within the first trimester. So why don't you just wait to share your good news until. <laughs> Until we know it's quote, good. Unquote, out of the woods. <laughs> Until we right. know it's good news. <laughs> so that if you do lose this pregnancy, yeah. you don't have to tell anybody. Right. That is completely twisted and unfair. That is robbing people of the support they might need if they do lose the pregnancy. And actually, it's robbing you of the joy and the excitement or the elation or whatever feelings or ambivalence, let's say you're feeling ambivalent about the pregnancy. Why shouldn't we be able to talk about it? It's all in an effort to stave off conversations around grief, around death, around loss. And I think we, we've got to turn this over. Like we, we have to figure this out. Okay. Well, let's, let's, venture into this a little and part of that venturing in takes me back to the question that we didn't get to answer which was you've written this book you've 
jokey. I mean, you know, snarky aside, the face of miscarriage. Congratulations. <laughs> is that something that a role you still want to be a part of the way that you have been a part of it? You know, I mean, no, I, would I love hope that to question. Think that people Thank have you. picked up the flags next to you. Yes. No, but I love this question. And I think it's such an important one on, you know, in my career trajectory and also my personal life. It's sort of like, at what stage, age, like at what point would I potentially pivot or focus on something broader? Now, and what's funny is, yeah, I've become, I guess, what you just said, the face <laughs> of miscarriage. Um, and yet, so you know, I've always been writing about and working with women who are struggling with perinatal and postpartum mood and anxiety disorder. So it's it's not like all I do is lost, but that is what people think. <laughs> But I'm already fiddling with my next book idea, and the next book will be broader. Uh, it will include more aspects of the reproductive life cycle. Yeah. I won't say more. I'll okay, make don't people, you I'll tease make people us. buy the first book yeah, and yeah, then wait the, for the let's second book. get the book. first one going. That's right. <laughs> but, I mean, no, I, I think... For example, and this is probably even less sexy than miscarriage, oh, really? but we don't talk about, <laughs> we don't talk about perimenopause. No, we do not. Hello. We, we don't. Yeah. Let's yes. go. Night We're going to have to come Woo. up with a special perimenopause oh, handshake. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, and Would you like menopause. your period now or would you like your period later? Would you like it? Do you want it to come at the time it always comes? Uh, do you want to just wait two months and then be like, well, I know I'm not pregnant. And then be like, oh, wait, nope, there, oh, no, there it is. That's, that's a weird, weird time to get that. I am pissed. I'm I mean, all right. my daughter, you know, will wake me up in the morning and she'll say, she'll ask me if I already went and worked out because she's like, sees me in this like pile of sweat or yeah. this like, you know. And I'm like, no, honey, this is yeah. just what's nope, common just with the age. Yeah. Magic, the magic of my exactly. body. Exactly. So, but I think that like, I love the idea of talking more about that and yeah. integrating that more into society so that women are prepared for what happens then. And I yeah. think that like, we're so focused on when women are sexy uh, and, you know, we don't even want to talk about periods. We just want to objectify them, you know, while they're quote unquote young. So I think I will, I hope that I'm focused on loss forever because that's not going anywhere. But I, I do think I'll kind of expand my view. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to poke you a little bit more. And that is, that is a delightful way to say that you will write about something different. But we spoke about, you know, the fact that speaking out about mm. loss and trauma, when you yourself have suffered loss and trauma, it can sometimes act as a healer mm -hmm. to that trauma when we embrace it. But also, <laughs> as I have learned, it can still linger in there and you've got to like, yeah, talking about it, writing about it. I mean, it's still making you live it in some way yeah and so i guess my question is do you being the face of miscarriage it comes at a cost to you on some level mm. and so i mean even oh, that's interesting even if it's important work and it is i just it's our third time back we're like bffs now so come totally. on totally <laughs> no actually so well what i found after my loss was that through my writing I connected with this global community of women who understood too well this yeah. ache and this pain. And so writing has, I, I, I sort of don't use the word heal or healing too much, but yes, this, I feel like therapy and connecting with other people and through my writing has actually been a salve that I needed. Like the very yeah. thing that helped me kind of like get on a life raft so yes, I mean, talking about the explicit details of my gory story 
is very intense, but yeah. it's not, I don't feel bogged down. I don't feel re-traumatized. I don't feel like it's too alive for me on a daily basis. Okay. If anything, it's like what I can offer my patients now yeah. is so, I don't know. I mean, it's so much more kind of comprehensive and it's not just this sort of like expert, like from a distance objective, whatever. It's like, I get it. Yeah. They tell me about the terror that they feel in the subsequent pregnancy. And I'm like, Oh, I get it. Yeah. Now I don't always say that to people, well, no, but, if, but-, <laughs> but if it's helpful to them and if yeah. they know about my, my loss history, then like it is, it is helpful to them, you know? Well, it's about being seen. And you, you want to have somebody be able to tell you that they see you. So I feel like you may have gained like an insight. I think when people write about the work they've been doing, there's a reflection. Mm-hmm. And given the book, given reading it out loud, writing it, all of these things, have you seen any change in how we speak about miscarriage in our country worldwide, have you seen people? I remember one of our conversations early on was just the support networks, you know, mm-hmm. not when we're in a pandemic, but like, you know, uh, OBGYNs and doctors' offices and clinics offering additional support mm-hmm. and, and that not being there lots of times. So, where do you see us? now it's a great question and a hard one it's a hard one for me to answer only because i'm I so in it I know. Right? I know. and so i think though from the outside people do feel that we are making strides okay and i would say primarily based on People who are in the spotlight, in the limelight, you know, political figures, celebrities coming out and saying, this is what happened to me. Here I am. I'm sharing the truth of my life. And I think it's inspired a lot of people to do the same. So, look, I I think we have a long way to go (laughs) in terms of truly integrating the conversation to truly making it a known fact. I mean, like, I think what we could do is start with integrating a conversation around this in sex education programs, for example, so that kids understand not just how to not get pregnant, because that's the only focus of sex education, really, (laughs) but that, you know, one in seven couples or people, you know, have fertility struggles or that not all fetuses result in a live baby, whatever, not as a way to scare people, but just as a way, again, to let it be known that this is a natural part of life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're, we're, we're getting there. We're moving in, in a good direction. I hope so. Me too. <laughs> and until then, let's just keep publicly speaking about uncomfortable That's things. right. Yes, I will. Uh, yeah, me too. Perry I agree. Perimenopause, here we come. <laughs> we'll have you back oh for that. Uh, that'll be great. So, Dr. Zucker, Jessica, thank you for all of your work. I know it can be hard to step into that role of sharing your trauma, and it is empowering and invaluable to, thank you. to all of us. And I hope to you and thank you for that work thank you for those cards guys don't forget you can get <laughs> lost greeting cards which are just fucking genius and oh my God, thank you for this book. amazing actually though here's the question yes. who is this book this book is for everyone but like people get very scared if they you know like when they see miscarriage on the book mm-hmm. so yes can you just assure me who this book is for sure <laughs> It is for anyone you know who has had a miscarriage, anybody you know who has, of course, also had, you know, a stillbirth, terminated for medical reasons, had an infant loss even, 
SIDS, you know, the whole spectrum of pregnancy and infant loss is included in this book. Uh, The book is not just about me. It's part memoir, part manifesto. So I do bring in loads of other women's stories. So, you know, I think that most people will see themselves represented in the book, which was my hope. Whether it's the exact experience or not, you know, probably I didn't cover everything, but I think people will definitely be able to feel a lot of the feelings that are expressed within the book. It is, of course, also for partners. It's also for people who love somebody who's gone through this. So friends, grandparents, everyone, you know, I, I, I tried to be as vulnerable as possible about sort of the effects of my loss on my marriage and, you know, difficulties that I had even in friendships afterward. So, you know, I'm I'm trying really hard in the book to highlight so many different things I've heard over the years about the self-blame and the guilt and this feeling of body failure. Uh, There's something for everybody. It's for everyone, except if you're like in a healthy pregnancy and you've never had a loss. You probably don't need <laughs> don't want to, to read, read that. the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not well, right I now. I like to just, you know, yeah, everybody here knows what my suggestion would be. And that would be to buy this book and then just lay it on your coffee table. And when Do people it. can come over... Yeah, like have it just be in the room. That is exactly. Don't even read it. Just don't don't even read it. it. Just buy it and like stack it up. Just stack them up. Well, you know my rule, and it goes for children's (laughs) books and grown-up books too. Buy three copies: one for you, one for your library, and one for your school. This one maybe not school, but maybe college, (laughs) maybe a college campus. Yes, I I want it to be in libraries across the country. That would be amazing. Yeah, love our librarians, Jessica. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll make sure that we link everybody up to where they can get that book. Perfect. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Bye. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Grove. Grove Collaborative delivers healthy home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. I am a person who wants to use natural products. (laughs) But do you know why that was very hard? It was very hard because every time I went looking for, you know, all natural uh, dish detergent or body wash or laundry detergent or biodegradable food storage, I would wind up going down a million rabbit holes, many of which made me feel bad (laughs) while I'm trying to make changes in my life. Da-da-da-da! Grove Collaborative. So making the switch to natural products has never been easier. For a limited time, when One Bad Mother listeners go to grove.co slash badmother, you will get to choose a free gift with your first order of $30 or more. But you have to use that special code. Go to grove.co slash badmother to get your exclusive offer. That's grove.co slash badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Hello. Okay. Hi. Hello, genius me. Uh, Hello. I will do that. So, this is a letting go genius. I was doing something... Can't remember what. I was busy. I was trying to get stuff done around the house. <laughs> Grace and Oscar were like in the doorway, like throwing things from the 
porch that were landing in bushes below. And I was like, what are you guys doing? Can you please stop? Stuff was like catching in bushes and hanging there. And they were trying to get something, one of Gracie's little toys that was like hanging in the top of a tree from down below. Mm-hmm. And so to get the thing that was in the tree, they were just throwing more things into the tree. <laughs> and that wasn't working, no, believe it or not. It's not working. And I had that thing where I was like, there's this part of me that was like, well, I'm just going to go get all the shit, bring it inside and shut the door and lock it because I just don't <laughs> want to deal with this. But I didn't do that because I was like, I mean, they're busy. They're They're doing like, I don't. Who cares? So I just said, okay, I don't want a bunch of stuff, like more stuff in the trees. So one suggestion is like stand down there with the broom, but but no more throwing stuff into the trees. And they were like, yeah, okay, okay, cool. Fair enough. And I said, and I can go get your toy for you. Do you want that or do you want to keep working at it? And Grace said, I want to keep working at it. And I was like, great. And I just walked away. And you know wow. what? It worked out great. Good. And then they you... ultimately got the thing out of the tree. And then you had a day off. <laughs> and sure did. Put my feet up. Just put my feet. You are doing a remarkable job. That is genius. Thank you. My genius is I don't know, guys. I'm tired. <laughs> like there's nothing spectacular. About this week, I will say I'm feeling pretty good about supporting Kat during some hard stuff. We had additional last week, we know it was hard, some friendship stuff. This week was followed up with more friendship issues. Wow. And it was, it was just a lot. And, you know, it's not the worst that's going to happen. Right. (laughs) Right. It's just her first taste of the heartbreak, right? And, you know, I just, I'm happy that they're still willing to talk to me about it. And that's huge. I I feel like I got to be doing something right since that still happens. So, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm doing a good job as a parent. So, yes, you are. That's so good. Oh my gosh. That is so good. Good job, Biz. Thank you. Hi, I'm calling with a genius. I remembered that Biz had installed her own garbage disposal, I think, or maybe it was a faucet. Anyway, our garbage disposal broke, we got a new one, and I fucking installed it. And it works. Thanks. Bye. That is how you're supposed to say it, too. You're supposed yeah. to say it as, yeah. I fucking installed it. Yeah, you no fucking installed says, it. I installed a garbage disposal, you yeah. say. I yeah. fucking installed it. Yeah. P.S. It works. Yeah. And I know that this, <laughs> guys, so many of you are doing so many great geniuses out there, but yeah. I do love a good I fucking installed it genius because yeah. who are you going to tell? You're yeah. doing so great. Enjoy grinding that stuff up. <laughs> you shove that soggy food down there. That's right. Goodbye, Just- waste. <laughs> Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Okay. This is kind of like weirdly like the opposite of my genius, I guess. (laughs) So I was, this is like me not realizing how capable my nine-year-old is. (laughs) So I, I've talked about in the past on the show people may remember that my wonderful daughter Gracie gets hot cocoa every morning. It is a tradition that started when she was in kindergarten and has continued to this day. Whatever. That's not the fail. But the fail is yesterday I was handing it to her. There have been times where she makes it herself, but typically in the morning I'm like the morning beverage person. So I handed it to her and she's like, you were drinking it. And I was like, well, I was just testing it. She's like, huh, is this your slobber? I was like, I mean, are you mad that I drank some of it? Or are you mad that like we shared the cup? And she's like, like all of, all of it, all of it. 
And I was like, oh. And I thought to myself and I realized like I'm tasting it. Yeah. Like she's four. Right. And she can't like I'm making yeah. sure it's not going to burn her or not be warm enough for her for my little baby. for my little kindergartner not Too this hot. like full-blown kid who's gonna yeah. you know be 10 in a few months oh. like she she'll be fine yeah she can either put it in the microwave for a few more seconds or blow on like I don't <laughs> need to I don't need to be dr- like taste yeah. testing hmm. <sighs> yeah that's all yeah well gone on I way too long really glad that Grace properly let you know, like, how horrible a job you're doing. Did you spit in this? Oh, yeah. That's one of those, like, muscle memory totally. things. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yes. Anyway. It's just I'm, part of how I, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Enjoy doing that forever. Right. <laughs> Did a horrible job. Thanks. All right. We've been in remote learning here uh, for, let's just round Ever. it up to a year. I mean, yeah. we, it's it's pretty close, right? It's a We're year like, minus two, two weeks, weeks or something. Yeah. yeah. This year, they've been in the remote learning from day one of school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They start school the same time every day. Yeah. They have, this past week, introduced some, like, rotating outside small cohort, if you're comfortable, oh. uh-huh. uh, learning. This okay. is great. Yeah. I for sure got Kat to school at the wrong time for the outdoor two hours, therefore wow. losing wow. 30 minutes. Uh-huh. And because I have two children on two different schedules, and those schedules are not the exact same. So like 9.15 or 9.30. Right. Right? Like, what? Right. So I just assumed they were all the same. The day that I sent Kat to school with Stephen... They were very late. And at home, I just hung out with Ellis. And like at 930, was like, let's get on. It's time for school. And we log on and they're like, welcome to Spanish. And I'm like, wow, we're late. School starts not at 930. Yeah. And then I was in the worst mood right. the rest of the day. Of course. Just. Thrown. I was nasty. Thrown. Yeah. The rest of the day. Yeah. I wanted none of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And it was like, by the way, this was like a Tuesday. It wasn't like Monday. It was, it was, we'd already established timing the day before. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Whatever. Y- you suck, but yeah. I do. Yeah. It's bad. It's just. Ugh. It's such a fucking mess. Yeah. In my brain. <laughs> Hi, one bad mother. This is a fail. I literally lost my sack of bananas. We got grocery delivery and yesterday, and I went to make my toddler breakfast this morning, and I couldn't find the bananas. And I thought, oh, maybe I forgot. Maybe they were out of stock. Check the order. Sure enough, they said they delivered eight bananas. They were weighed. We paid for them. And now I don't remember putting them away, but maybe I did because we get eight bananas every week, and maybe it was last week. And what is time? Anyway, I cannot find my eight bananas they might be in the house somewhere i'll probably find them when they start sinking really bad and smell like rotten bananas so yeah i'm doing a horrible job you guys are doing amazing i love you the show take care what a wonderful way yes. to wrap up you know this this time of everything yes you know like yeah i've lost my sack of bananas Mm-hmm. And I, here's the thing. I do bananas get a bad smell? Because usually they get nasty and they just sort of sink into wherever they are. That's right. right. Like you're you going to find. Really, they, they they get more like warm and fragrant, but they're not yeah. going to stink like, like yeah. you'll be able to find them based on their stink. You'll find them when they've become something so peculiar <laughs> that like you're like, what? was this who was this how did it get here well i can't wait to say this good luck finding your sack of bananas <laughs> you're doing a horrible job and thank you for encapsulating everything that is a one bad mother in a failure call keep that up you are
Mother is supported in part by Third Love. Third Love uses the measurements of millions of women to design bras with all day comfort and support in over 80 sizes. You've heard us talk about the Fit Finder quiz, and Third Love just launched the Fitting Room. It's a new and improved version of the quiz. And now, Third Love has loungewear made with premium cotton fabrics available in drapey, easy-fit knits, 100% cotton French terry, and woven styles in sizes extra small through 3X. They also have really nice underwear, guys. I'm just saying. Third Love knows your one true fit is out there, so right now they're offering One Bad Mother listeners 20% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash mother now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash mother for 20% off today. Maximum Fun is a network by and for cool, popular people. But did you know it also has an offering designed to appeal to nerds? A show for nerds? On Maximum Fun? The devil, you say. It's true! It's called The Greatest Generation, and they review episodes of a television program for nerds called Star Trek. They've reviewed TNG, DS9, and are now reviewing Voyager. Hey, Star Trek. My daughter enjoys that program. Well, if she enjoys that, and she enjoys humor of the flatulent variety, might I recommend she subscribe to The Greatest Generation? Hey, are you calling my kid a nerd? Why, I oughta... Well, gotta go! Become a friend of DeSoto by subscribing to The Greatest Generation on MaximumFun.org today! You never know who you'll run into in Fairhaven, the city under the bubble. Allison Becker. Eliza Skinner. Keith Powell. Mucus-drenched imp monsters. Rob Corddry. Christelle Alonzo. Judy Greer. Grotesquely possessive carnivorous plants. Justin McElroy. Travis McElroy. Griffin McElroy. Terrifying, malevolent, sentient beards. John Hodgman. Paul F. Tompkins. Lisa Loeb. Bubble, the sci-fi comedy from MaximumFun.org. Just open your podcast app and search for Bubble. Teresa, as always, I'm so glad to have you here because there's nothing I enjoy more than listening to a mom have a breakdown with you. Hi, Biz and Teresa. This is a sad pandemic rant. My grandmother died of COVID last week. The funeral was this week. My husband has been working 60-hour weeks. He didn't get home until 1 o'clock in the morning. Last week, at least once, and again this week, and I'm 31 and a half weeks pregnant, and the nursery is not ready, like plywood flooring, and um, my husband is doing a really good job. I'm really proud of him. Compliment your partner. He's trying so hard to get everything settled at his job so he can hopefully actually be here when the baby's born, but it's just so hard. I'm so tired. And I don't know how long I can keep doing this. Thanks for listening. Bye. First off, you're doing a really good job. Yeah, and you I, are. The question of how long can I keep doing this is a really valid question. Yeah. Because <laughs> it feels impossible. Mm-hmm. Guys, I'm about to say something I say almost every week. Any one of the things that you are talking about, whether it being 31 weeks pregnant or the death of your grandmother or 
your partner working 60 hours a week. All three of those things are a lot. They are emotionally draining. And then, I I don't care if it's been almost a year, the pandemic is still a horrible existence to be living in. Yeah. I've got to say it again. We do not give enough credit to the physical effects of emotional trauma. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. I mean, we just don't. It, or just the real physical fear yeah. that many people feel during a pandemic. There's, yeah. there's a level of physical fear that we're all experiencing. Yeah. And, and then there's the physical exhaustion that comes from loss that comes from the unexpected with a baby on the way Mm -hmm. i mean these are all all having an effect on you and of course you're fucking tired (laughs) i just said yeah i would it would be really weird if you called and was like hey uh here are all the things but you know what? I feel really great. Yeah. I really feel like I can just keep going and think it's going to be good. Think it's yeah. going to be. I'm all good, everybody. <laughs> not. It's not. Yeah. Look, there's not one thing that you can do or we can say or really anyone can say or do that can reset, get us back to like, a place of feeling like strong and ready to keep going. <laughs> there nothing. is no going back. There is no There's going no back. There's no going back. No. Right. Yeah. And I think that can be confused with not recognizing how remarkable and strong you are. Yep. For getting to today. Yes. I mean, I we joke about let's get up, do it. Go to bed. Get up. Do it again. Do it again. Just that. Do it again. But within that is strength. Within that is so much strength. So much strength and stamina. Yeah, we see you. Yes, you're not alone. You are doing such a remarkable job, and and will do such a remarkable job. When you welcome that baby into your life. So I just, you're amazing. You're amazing and you're strong. Yeah. And you're doing it. Yeah. You're so doing this. Yeah. You are doing it. Teresa, you're doing it. I mean, you're doing it six ways till Sunday. Yeah. Is that a thing? That's me. (laughs) Honk if you like to do it. Didn't we have a bumper sticker a while back that was like, yeah. honk if you did it? That's what it was. I think was. it was honk if you're doing it. Honk. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we not ever make this? Those we did the, like, make them. I think they? they're still in the Max Fun store. <laughs> you're so smart. They're so good. They are so good. I got to get me one of those. Make those into some t-shirts. Well, honk, honk. You're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Biz. So are you. Thank you. I look forward to the honks. I'm waiting. Honk, honk. Oh, thank you. Honkity, thank honk, you. honk, honk. Honkity, honk, honk. <laughs> honk. Toot, toot. Teresa, thank you for joining me. And I will talk to you next week. I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Everybody, what did we learn today? I'm not sure this is one of those like, what? I'm so glad we learned that today, uh, sort of episodes. But in keeping to what we try to do here on One Bad Mother, uh, we've all learned, uh, probably not for the first time, uh, that miscarriage is a real thing that many, many, many women experience. And it affects those women. It affects the people who love them in their lives. It is a real loss and trauma. And there is, there are a lot of questions we we don't ask or consider past just knowing the fact that 
that a miscarriage has happened. And I love talking with Jessica because Jessica always reminds me how much more there is to ask and to be mindful of and to remember. And I am very thankful that she wrote this book. Again, just like all things that are hard, you trust trust yourself when it comes to whether or not this is something you're ready to dive into. When you are, know that it is there. She is very careful and caring about this topic. So keep that in mind as you consider getting it. Either way, I would encourage you to buy it just to support somebody who's doing some great work out there. We've also learned that losses all around us from our rant caller and loss at the same time as, you know, gifts and birth. And I, it's so confusing and it's so confusing to think that we're supposed to only be feeling one of those things at the time, like only be thinking about the loss versus thinking about the joy. Because if I think about the joy, well, then obviously I didn't really care about the loss, right? Or if I care about the loss, I don't really appreciate the joy, right? Like this is, ah, you get to, you get, <laughs> yay, you get both loss and joy. Isn't that great? But actually it is. And Every day, even when you feel like you really cannot do one more thing or go forward one more step, remember you already are. You already are taking steps. You already have done amazing things. You already are showing up. And that alone makes you strong and capable and It's really hard. Give yourself some space to recognize that it's hard, but then at the same time, you're remarkable. See, look at that, the both thing again. Fucking super tired, but I'm also super great. Yay, dualities. Everybody, you're all doing such a good job. You really are. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.